Scrumptious. Scrumptious. <laughs> wow, that is. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. We are back. We are back. We are the uh, the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different record. We break it down, the lyrics, music, artwork, everything you could possibly imagine. And uh, and right now we're actually we're actually starting uh, Time Bomb season or Tim Armstrong season. Time so, Bomb season. Time so Bomb annoying. season. Uh, so <laughs> over the next next couple weeks, we're only going to be doing bands that uh, Tim Armstrong is a part of. So... If you didn't already know, we are uh, we're doing uh, Operation Ivy, Operation Ivy, their record Energy, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I I really kind of butchered this uh, this intro. That was great. It's like your first time though. That's okay. <laughs> I know, right? <coughs> Three hundred fifty episodes in, but um, so yeah, we're doing Operation Ivy, their first album Energy. Uh, what are your what? So what's your kind of origin story with this band, Jeff? What is your um, why did we decide to do this this week? This is your thing. I got energy. Why did you want to do got this? Got a lot of energy. Got a lot of homies trying to steal me from or something. That's Drake. I'll buy you, but that's fine. Why did yeah. you want to do this? This is your this is your pick. We why did I want to do this? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't have like a rich history with 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 Op IV. It's just um it's it's always been something that's been there and I I I really really like third wave ska. I like reggae. Not a big ska guy. Don't I can't really stand two tone. But Op IV's always kind of been that that band that I will play, that I listen to, because you know it's good. It's good. But I didn't really realize like it was great until until probably moving out here to Arizona, mm-hmm. and then uh, friend of the pod Phil, neighbor Phil, always talks about him, and so that's when I kind of got more into him and realized this is not just like a a Bay Area cool ska punk band. This is like a historic Bay Area ska punk band. Yep. Very, very influential band. That's for sure. That's for sure. My, uh, my origin story, you know, I, I remember listening to this record back in high school, um, hanging out with the punkers and everything. Cause everybody had their op Ivy patch, you know, it was all that, that typical, typical kind of bullshit. And I think I just, I don't remember if I liked it or not. I think I just didn't want to like it because the punkers liked it. And I just wanted to be different to where I didn't like what the popular kids liked. I didn't like what the punkers liked. So I just kind of didn't really listen until probably probably right when we started um, collecting vinyl um, that I just, I don't know, I, I thought, okay, I'll give this band another chance. I think I was kind of like in this like AFI groove, this kind of like East Bay hardcore groove. So threw them on and I just like, dude, whatever, why haven't I been listening to this band? This is, this is Scott Punk. This is where, where it all started. Like, I love the Suicide Machines, and without a band like Op, Op Ivy, there would be no Suicide Machines at all. So, um, yeah, this band is just wildly influential within the scene, and they were only a band for a couple of years, maybe I think less than two years. They put out this one record, an EP, a couple other miscellaneous songs, and that's it. They've 
only like partially reunited to play like a couple songs not even full shows just a couple songs and i love that dedication i love that you say you're broken up you're never gonna get back together and you never do i respect it (laughs) through and through i don't like it but i respect it so it's it's, that's really operation ivy it's something (laughs) it's like dead kennedy's it's like jello said i'm never gonna play with them again ever ever again and to this day he has never once Gotten on stage with the guys from Dead Kennedys. Played with them. Yeah, it's something. Respect it. Don't like it. But <clears throat> it's it's uh, it's something. Sure. <laughs> so so what do you hate about this band? Because this a lot of this band seems like shit that you would hate. Outside of like the ska stuff, everything about this band seems like stuff you would hate. So let's get it all out there. Uh, there's nothing about this band that that I that I hate. Uh, these are these really? are kids, kind of doing their best to write more socially conscious lyrics. They're making fun of the scene that they're a part of. They are trashing the scene that they are a part of. In fact, I think this is the type of of music that I, I normally like is just not cookie cutter shit. And even though this is not like the first time we've heard ska and, and punk music go together, they, they, this is like the first time we've heard it in like a true punk form of this era. Right, because mm-hmm. the class was already doing this kind of shit, so that's that's nothing new. So this is when we've heard it doing in like kind of like this this crustier, nasty, skinhead kind of sloppier, yeah, yeah. Ty- type form. And and the Scott the Scott stuff here is 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 not the focal point of the band. It's just accents. This band is a punk band who just happened to do a really good job at incorporating ska into their music. They're not a ska band who plays punk music. They're a punk band that plays ska music. Yeah. Larry I King think, over here. Yeah. That's what I'm just saying. I, I calls them as a season. That's all I can do. <laughs> Better than bad is good. So I, I think, honestly, I, there's there's nothing wrong with this band. And they weren't around long enough to to get better or worse. I think they only would have gotten better. But I just don't think this this genre was is something that you can make a career off of. Very, not very few bands have made a career off of playing this type of music. Yeah, even... Even Rancid never stuck to this style. You know, they, they they were more punk than anything else. They didn't dabble nearly as much into ska or reggae as, as Op Ivy did. And that's good. That's fine. Because yeah, like you said, it's it's a very it's a very limited limited genre. It's a very short lived genre. And uh they did it possibly the best. I think them and the Suicide Machines really, really did this thing the best. And it's so cool. Like they they when they when they said when Jesse the singer and Tim the guitar player singer, when they decided this is it, like they it was it was amicable. It wasn't like there was a fight. It wasn't that Jesse left or Tim left. It was just like it's run its course. It, it's been as long as it has been. We're getting some major label attention. They didn't like it, so they're like we're just cutting it off. And I fucking think that's so cool. That's so rad. I just I I man I I don't understand why i understand it but also don't understand it because i understand why they don't want to sign to a major label that's that's what they hate that's what they loathe they don't want to do it but there are about the songs there are alternatives there are alternatives Mm -hmm. to fighting there are alternatives (laughs) they could create their own label they can go to a smaller label like why don't you want to make a living doing this and so I, i read a lot of things that there was that they said where they were, like you said, they're getting too much late, like major label attention. 
and they feel like the band had run its course and they don't want to compromise their values by making money or something like that. So you have yeah. to make money, dude. You can't just not fucking make money on earth. Like, but these are, these are also guys who are t- 19, 20 years old who have never had money as like kind of adults. They've never had money. They're living in squats with fucking 12 but other people. But you still need money to live in but squats. They, but, but when you're that young and this is like all you've kind of surrounded yourself with over the years, over your formative years, then you just, you don't think about it. That's why... But you still every need band, money to live in squats. Every band of this age was like that. You still need fucking food but and bar- water. But I'm, but they make so little being the band that they are. So they think that they think in their minds that you know they don't need to sign to a major label because they don't want the big houses. They're fine living in the squat. They're fine going. But on you tour. still They're fine need money living in the squat. You do. Why not? And you can still make a little bit of money. A band. You could but still. They were selling arenas. People not arenas. Are they were selling kids. out s- small venues. They were still they making were. good money. You don't even need to even like. You can self release all of your albums. Everything you've done, you could self release. You're right. You're right. But also, still we also your squat. we also know young adults like this are pretty dumb a lot of the times, and they make poor decisions because we were some of those kids at times. Not the same decisions, but we made some poor decisions. We all understood that you need fucking money to like live though. We did. But with with, like the whole punker mindset is like, you know, fuck everybody else, fuck corporations, fuck all this. Like they have that, 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 that false sense of pride, which is very, very hindering to them and those around them. So that's what it is. Like, it's just, it's this false sense of pride mixed with like immaturity of being a young adult. It's it's funny because like, now that we we're not even that old, mid thirties is not that old. But no. we look at somebody who's twenty, like yeah, you don't fucking know shit. Like that makes yeah. us. Oh, they that, don't know. That comment makes us old though. Like that. Oh yeah. That dates us. <laughs> but realistically, like at twenty, you're a grown ass man at fucking twenty years old. Yeah. Or you're you not a be. child, dude. You're a fucking yeah. grown ass man at like seventeen. You're grown. You yeah. should be making decisions that are that are that are beneficial to your personal health and society. And I think the the punker scene has always just been a scene of of like, oh, we're DIY. We fucking do what we want and we don't adhere to the man. Yeah, but you also are just, you don't help anything. Fucking yeah. worthless. It's like the hippie culture. It's the same idea. Just At least the hippie culture. Punkers, punkers are done in a more aggressive way. Hippies are fucking dirty as hell. Yeah, but they don't like complain about shit. And then they, yeah, they put on like marches and, and protests and stuff. The punkers just be a bunch of punkers are. They're just they're just more aggressive versions of hippies. They're they're the next generation of hippies. No. That's what they were in the late seventies and eighties. That's what they were. No punkers punkers are their own. Punkers like take pride in in in, in division. They take pride in, <laughs> that's in, true, in, they in do. gatekeeping. <laughs> that's true. Punkers are the most label obsessed people. I think of any like subgroup or subgenre. They love absolutely love love labels. Punkers, as much as they hate, they to be talk labeled, about how much they hate it. They love it. But you can spot a punker a mile away by his addicts <laughs> patch, by his fucking suicidal patch. It always just yeah. says suicidal too. Always. Suicidal. Or, or or if they want to or if they want to be a little bit cooler and not do like the typical punk thing, you'll see the necromantics patch as oh well. God. On top of it, they throw a little bit of rockability to, to show that they have some character or depth. So they throw necromantics or like tiger army and shit. Punkers, they get Ugh. the fuck out of here. So dumb. So <laughs> dumb. It's such a dumb scene, but. Oh man, I love it. At the same time, that's why. That's why I like. That's why a lot of like punk bands just fucking leave the scene. Either do something else besides punk, or try to up. make themselves better. Yeah, it's not even just about growing up though. It's 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 about like realizing that yes, this is what I want to do for a living. I love doing this, 
but I also need to make money because well, you that's have to fucking up. make money. That's growing up, dude. Well, but they're already grown up, at 20 years old. You're already grown. They're emotionally underdeveloped, as you like to say. Well, I don't disagree with that. Well, dude. they are, dude. <laughs> that's what they are. Oh, man. Good times. It's good stuff, though. Good yeah. stuff. Okay, Operation so, Ivy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, let's see. So, what are your first impressions? Oh, I guess, I mean, we really got into the first impressions, I guess, of, I really, of Op okay. Ivy and this, this whole, the whole punk genre. I, I, I go for days about the punk genre and days. how stupid it fucking is. And, but I'll, I'll also, how, how innovative it's always been. Yeah. But, but I think, like, it, it really is gatekeepy and gross. And totally. uh, overall, like, I think it's, it, it's trying to do something good. But I, I think, dude, it's so far up its own ass. Like, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. And then, and then you throw other elements like, like straight edge or vegan and all that kind of shit. Oh, my God. And it gets even, even worse. Fuck off. <laughs> so I, I really do. I think every song on here is a banger, dude. I think this is oh, yeah. a fucking oh, yeah. phenomenon. So what I did, what I did was I listed my top four Bs. Mm-hmm. And then I equally divided the rest of the 15 songs, right? Because there's 19 minus four, 15, mm-hmm. into low Bs, mid Bs, and high Bs. Okay. Because I don't know why I did that, but I did it and I like it. <laughs> well, I just I just did it as, as, I put it in two separate lists. So I have 11, I would say 11 Beyond Bangers. Let's just say that. And then I had, then the, the remaining, the other, um, other eight are uh, filler, just filler bangers. They're filler bangers, still bangers. But I mean, we've already heard these songs. You know, they're they're on other parts of the record. Honestly, this record could have been cut down to like twelve or thirteen songs. It would have brought the the runtime down to like twenty minutes. I'm sure, but that's fine. It still would have been. I mean, I'm I would have been totally fine with with less songs because a lot of them are just the same, just rehashes of other ones. The yeah, well, so. it's pretty similar. I mean, there's a block of them. Like toward the end of the record, there's a block of like four songs that are like, "Yeah, I've already heard this. I've I heard that this is that this is like, this is knowledge. This is a fucking I don't know, a whatever fucking song. The crowd or bang shot. That's true. Okay, but well anyway. let's let's uh at least at least if we have like our top tops, we can get get into those. Yeah, I, I figured our tops are pretty good. They're going to be pretty similar. Well. Well, there, dude. So, what's what your what's your what's your number one banger? What's your one B? Bank shot, baby. Instrumental. Bank shot, really? Yeah, it's my number Dang. one B. That's my five. Mo- mostly instrumental. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the only vocals are just one of them yelling. Shouts. Yeah, yeah, shouts. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's way Bank to put shot, it. my one B. Dude. Get the fuck out of here! It's fucking amazing. Get the fuck, fuck out of here! Listen to this one Good. two, three times already. Okay, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, real quick. Have you watched? Have you watched? Um, there's a new show that just came out on Peacock. Uh, uh, Bupkiss. No, it's the it's the show that Pete Davidson did. It's kind of like autobiographical, but also exaggerated a little bit. Have you heard? You haven't heard of it or seen not. anything I about it? It's my watch list of things to watch. Uh, yeah, just watch it. It's it's eight episodes. They're only like twenty eight minutes, thirty minutes tops, and it's there's some it it's decent to good writing. You know, and and it kind of makes you have a different view view on Pete Davidson because he gets shit on in the media so much. I love Pete Davidson, but, but so many people hate him. And it talks about like his his depression that 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 it's caused him. And then it talks about his background. How his dad was a firefighter who died in one of the the twin towers that fell, and just how that's affected his life. But there's so many Italian things in it because he's half Italian. 
So Joe Pesci's Joe Pesci plays his grandpa in it. Dude. <laughs> and he's so good. He's so fucking good. And then Carmela from The Sopranos, she plays his mom in the show. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so um but yeah, the, his friends are pretty obnoxious in the show, but otherwise it's it's good. I, I would recommend it. It's a quick quick watch through of the show. But it's on Peacock. But anyway, yeah, all the Italian stuff it reminded me of of the, the two show, but... two three times already. <laughs> I, I really do like Pete Davidson. Uh, I have nothing negative I do to say too. about him. I don't know why people shit I don't either. I don't, no I don't get it. I think they're just jealous that he's dated like such beautiful women. I, I think that, well, because he's seemingly so basic, right? Like he's seemingly such yeah. a such a, 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 a nobody, a, a, a layman. Well, it, seriously, the, the first scene of the show is him wearing VR goggles and he's Googling himself and all the stuff that's coming up is like all the negative things, like his butthole eyes, and just like the nastiest things people have said about him. And it's just him looking through all that kind of stuff. That's literally the first scene of the whole show. <laughs> so. All right, I'll check it out. I, I, I put it to my list. I added it to my list. Not put it to my list. Add it to my list. You added it to your list. Add it to my list. But yeah, let's get back to get one in, get yeah. one in. Bing, bing. <laughs> no. We're talking about Bank Shot, though. Bank Shot. Yeah, Bank Shot. Dude, it's surf, ska, punk. It, it's It's its own tune. Right, like, like there's a melody there. The guitar has a melody. The maracas mm-hmm. make the song so much better. There's so much going on in this, and it's like, it's just a throwaway song. It really is a throwaway fucking song. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's 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 very surf inspired. He doesn't have the chops of some of like the guitar surf great, the surf guitar greats, but it's there, and he still impressed me. Honestly, his his guitar playing impressed me on this song, and a few other ones too. I didn't think he had he could he could do it i mean he's just a very basic guitar player but there's some cool moments and this is one of them um some good some good like guiding upstrokes you know that that are going along with his guitar lead so the overdubs are nice because we don't hear a lot of overdubs on this record but uh but it sounds good on this one on this throwaway track some good drum fills too there's some good drum parts not not parts but just fills yeah throughout this uh this record so overall it's good bass playing was solid too i was i was pretty impressed by i think his name was matt mccall Matt McCall. Yeah. Also from Rancid. Um, yeah, he has some really good bass shit going on on this record too. He had some dub stuff going on, some I'm mean, just straight up ska punk stuff. The guy's way more versatile than I was expecting. So what, that was what, really that was pleasant. So like what I pulled a lot from this album was was a specific uh guitarist and and Dwayne Eddy is the guy. And this is a guy okay. that I just I discovered doing the vinyl stuff. Um, he, he's like late fifties guitarist and he did a lot of like rock and roll type stuff, but the way he played guitar, there was so much twang, so much verb on it that it was surf rock. It sounded like fucking surf rock before people knew what surf rock was. Mm-hmm. And like the way he played guitar, specifically the song rebel rouser comes to mind here. Fucking that is what bang shot is like the the tone of his guitar the way he's playing guitar it's not complicated but fuck it's melodic like that is Dwayne Eddy <laughs> and Dwayne Eddy will come up in a different song too later on because I'm sure it's at least a, a higher B for both of us but damn it I was just I love this album dude it's so goddamn good it never gets so old good. this album never gets fucking old that's for sure so yeah bang shot do we have anything else on this one. Mm-mm. All right, my uh, my one B is the opener. Knowledge. Woo! I mean, Woo! this. How can you not say you this? This is this is a beyond banger through and through. 
I mean, some nice that's, chugging that's guitars. That's the lowest B that I have. No, is it really? No, it's nah, not. Nah, that's my three B. Uh, oh, okay, you fucking piece of oh, shit. No, 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 so good. <laughs> All I know is that I don't know. All I know is that I don't know nothing. Like, fucking, how can you not love instantly that? Instantly catchy. That's some, that's some like descendant shit, but even better, you know? That's really what that is. And it's yeah. so snotty. It's so like just not, there's no passion behind the way he's singing it, but I love that kind of nonchalant delivery of it. Yeah. All I know is that I don't know. All I know is that I don't know nothing. It's I love it. A lot I, of, I can't, ah, oh, it gets stuck in my head all the time. A lot of these, a lot of these songs, especially this one too, like the guitar parts, man, they're just so, they're so fucking rancid. This guitar oh, yeah. is so fucking rancid. <laughs> a little, little social D in there too, kind of like that, that when they did that kind of chuggy thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah. like, dude, it's, it's so fucking rancid. It's cool. I like this song because it's not a complex song. Like there's nothing really going not on here. But there's a cool little lead part, right? Like the little yeah. lead part. And that reminds me of the Bouncing Souls. It's hard Souls, to even dude. call it a solo. Yeah. Wait, that, what'd you say? It reminds me of the Bouncing Souls. That's what the fucking Bouncing oh, Souls do. Okay. That shit yeah. sounds like the fucking Bouncing Souls. Bouncing Souls. And that last part, <laughs> like that last part though, when he says like that's fine. It, that's yeah. fine. That too. That's that's money right there. That's it. It's fucking solid, man. That's it. It's fucking solid. Uh I don't know. It's just that I mean, I was gonna bring up the solo too, and I just love how it's just so short and simple. But that's how they all are on this record. Any anytime he tries to solo, it's just maybe a bar or two, and that's it. That's all you get. I like that some songs will prep the solo, right? Like there'll be a big lead up, and then you think yeah. you're gonna hear a shred, and then because of his limitations as a guitarist at the time, it's literally mm-hmm. just like a, a lead, or he's just following <laughs> the melody. Yeah. Like, wow, dude! Like that's. I love I it. I love it. the simplicity. I, yeah. I respect it because you just you can't fucking do anything else, but you're having a good time. I like that. Yeah. You know what's also nice is seeing him um not play that giant Gretsch guitar. You love that like, shit. It, see, I do love it, but it was it was kind of cool and nice seeing him play like a normal sized guitar. It makes him look more like a guitar player rather than like I don't want to say a novelty act, but he just looks I like it. But it also looks kind of ridiculous with the, the big guitar? guitar. Yeah. And also the fact that he plays left-handed, so he looks different from everybody else. Yeah, because left-handers, that's just, it's just stupid. You're wrong. <laughs> you're obviously doing it wrong. and you just, Yeah, you, you're, just lying. you're just lying to everybody. You've yeah. committed to the bit is, is what's happening with that. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's so disrespectful. <laughs> you, know, I was, uh, you know, I was playing a, a Gretsch guitar. I think one of the earliest people to play Gretsch guitars probably, but Chet Atkins. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yielder. Damn, those are beautiful guitars, though. I fucking I'd hate them. I Absolutely can't, I can't, beautiful. Can't, can't stand you. I can't you stand love them. acoustic guitars. I mean, it's just it's just like a glorified acoustic guitar. They're look too wise. big. They're dumb. I don't like the cutouts. God, I mean, but they sound so 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 nice. Those clean tones you get out of it. The the slightly distorted guitar tones you get out of those Gretches are money. Sounds, fucking great. Sounds like trash to me. <sighs> anyway, anyway, Owen two. Uh, what do you have lyrically on on knowledge? Uh, I I think it's it's a cool song about being okay with with being unsure, unsure about the future or who you are as a person, right? Like, yeah. All I know is I don't fucking know anything. 
And I think I think this this song sets the tone of of not just this album or this band, but it should have set the tone for this genre of music in this time period. Yeah. But I feel like it kind of maybe it kind of did because after this you started to get more of the skate punk and the skate punk took the whole scene a lot more a lot less seriously. That's for sure. I mean, the fighting stopped. Or a lot of the fighting stopped. I mean, there's even a song about all the the crazy, stupid shit that went on in the LA scene, uh, in the punk scene. But I don't know. I, f- I feel like this was the change for punk music. Like this is the maturity of of punk, because the '80s was like the Wild West. Like '70s '70s punk was so new and nobody knew what to do with it. '80s was just the fucking Wild West, and then this comes along, more fun ska punk leading into skate punk. And then in '90s, skate punk is like the best, the fucking best. Yeah. Okay. It I, really I is. I get that. I, I can see that. Why not? Fuck Less it. Why fighting, not? more melodic, more fun. It actually sounds like the guys are having fun, not like fucking Henry Rollins acting like a doofus and you know Gorilla Biscuits being acting way too tough. And we and we've done we've done Black Flag on the pod, so we've we've listened to all of Black Flag. Yeah. And I really like Henry Rollins too. But like, holy fuck, man! Like, how many times can I listen to like Damage over and over and over and over again? It's the same. <laughs> half of their or shit the, sounds exactly the same. Or the Wink Fest of every record after that. Yeah. It's a great game. Good lord! Yeah. It, come on, guys. They're not. They're not untouchable. They're not. They're not. Fucking good though. Fucking damn good. good. But not untouchable. <sighs> anyway, well, I guess. Well, actually, maybe I'm kind of. I should go back on what I said because the descendants were really the ones who started the feel good kind of pop punk that leads into the skate punk of the nineties. But did they, but they were never like, but they were never also, they were also never like the, they never acted. They, they, they never looked tough. Like when you look at the guys from Op Ivy from back in the day, they dressed like they were like gutter punks. Like they dressed dirty and gross. I mean, that's just so they had that like look. Descendants, this, this different breed, dude. Just like this dude, yeah, this different, like wolf. fucking, uh, this this different d- species, is because yeah. the early '80s when they when they drop Milo, right? They're they're integrating Damn, with the punk culture. They're being accepted into the punk culture because they're still kind of playing punk music, but they're not like punkers. So like they definitely I mean, didn't look like it. To, I don't know to to bring descendants into it is just like unfair because they're such they're in such a different plane that nobody knew what the fuck to do with them. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So but, I, would, uh, I would say I would say yeah. Let's let's, let's say Op IV is is changing the course of of punk music as we know it because he really did because like Rancid when Rancid started like that was yeah, the, that, the birth of of that. Epitaph. When did that first record come out? That first record came out in ninety one. I think it was. Yeah, I think no, yeah. early nineties for sure. Yeah, and then Bad Religion had put out, you know, No Control. They had put that record out in 89, I believe it was. Maybe 87, but I think it was 89. Bad so, Re- I mean, this is like the transition. They were the only ones that were really, like, of the big skate punk, of the big Epitaph, Fat Records era band. They are the only ones that were putting out records before that, including the Vandals. But that was a different type of Vandals. Yeah, it wasn't the same. Yeah. So, like, it's, it was really it's like hard to even compare was, that Rancy was, like, there in the beginning to kind of push through into this 90s era of, of skate punk, which is the Epitaph era, Fat Records era of punk music. Different generation. Lyrically, I, I, I agree with you. I That's what the song is about. It's about growing up, being told, you know, you should be doing something, but 
being mature enough to realize that you don't know what you want to do and that's okay. That's fine. You know, we don't have to follow this cookie cutter kind of society and world. So that's what I got for knowledge. She boy. So what do you got for number two? What's your two B? My two B is a second song sound system. Sound system. That's my two B as well. Oh damn girl. What do you got on this one? <laughs> this song is so fucking good, dude. That intro is so boss. <laughs> Scott upstrokes. Fucking, like, they're not even yeah. that crisp throughout this song. They're kind of janky, right? It's a weird tone, but like everything matches the music so well. Like these kids like know the music they want to play. They're not quite good enough to master it, and they don't give a fuck enough about doing it in post. Just like, eh, yeah. fuck it. A true, a true representation of first thought, best thought type of thing. Let's just record yeah, it, right. put it out. Who gives a fuck? It sounds it sounds good enough. And I love well, this drum beat, right? The four on the floor thing, but the double tap snare hit. Like, dude, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Quick reminder, though. Um, first thought, best thought is on the no-no list. I know, but so. sometimes it's it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. Well, I don't want that, dude. And, and uh, I like how this, this song drops yeah. into the chorus. I think this chorus is so fucking smooth. It's one of the smoothest oh, courses on the album. I think it's amazing. And the pick it ups. Come on. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah. Gotta pick it ups. <laughs> I almost wanted to sing the Goldfinger song. <laughs> really, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> Superman does the pick it up, pick it up, pick it ups the best. Out of any band, any song, that is the best pick it up part. That's, the, that's some of the best pick it ups of all time. Yeah. Can't deny it. Can't deny so. it. Can't pretend. Whoa. Yeah, sound system two B, and then like like the even the title of the song is just like this this whole thing is just like paying homage to ska reggae ska Jamaica, Mm -hmm. like the name the sound system that's I think that's what it is sound systems originated in Jamaica like right before ska became a genre of music, and it was just people essentially packing speakers up. And then taking it on tour, like local DJs would pack a bunch of fucking speakers up, throw it in their truck, and then go have like a makeshift party somewhere. And they would just stack a fuck ton of speakers on top of each other, call it a sound system, and throw a party outside. Fuck, that's so cool. That's that's, so fucking cool. Yeah, like right after like World War II ended, like that's what people were doing, listening to like like Southern American blues music. And then that, that was like the precursor to ska music. Yeah. That's fucking rad. Just pretty oh, sure, man. What, what, a, what a different time. What a different time. Not a great time, but what a different time. You know what's cool? Um, it's like it's like mm-hmm. if, if you even if you just go to like Wikipedia, you can you can research like ska, the history of ska, and you can see like the songs that inspired ska music, which is it's like Fats Domino and and, and other southern rhythm and blues music from America, and like specific songs you'll hear like the upstrokes on like the, on the offbeat. And it's like, what the fuck? I can't believe like rock and rollers were doing this in the fifties mm-hmm. because all we ever hear from like the fifties rock and roll is like the Chuck Berry stuff, the more straightforward rock and roll. But there was a lot of, of, of like, I don't want to call it ska music because it's not ska music. It's just doing something. It's just a different, offbeat. yeah, it's but a new like kind of rock and roll. It's how rock and roll was evolving. But those are not even like the most popular songs by those popular artists those those mm-hmm. offbeat things and it's just, i don't know it's, it's just cool to, to to think that the jamaicans heard that and say oh that's cool but let's incorporate like calypso music into that and make our own genre of music which became ska and that's fucking dope it's really rad really rad and the uk um, ruined it with their two-tone shit 
You know, fuck I don't know skip. what your problem. I don't know what your problem with Two Tone is. I fucking hate Two Tone. I don't get so it. much. Fucking hate it. I don't get it. Like the specials, man. They're fucking. Oh that one record God. is so good. That blew me away. Like when I bought that oh. record. That blew and... me away when you bought that record. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's produced by Elvis Costello too. I don't good care. Lord. It's so goddamn good. good. Fucking lord. Man, that's a solid record. You're you're fucking crazy. One day you'll you'll learn. You'll grow oh. up. You'll grow up. Two tone. So. Barf. <laughs> did you not notice, or did you notice that you know in the beginning of this song that like kind of rock and roll Chuck Berry riff that he tries to do? Yeah. And he fucking butchers in it. It sounds yeah. like total garbage. I fucking loved it. I there's, loved how shitty it sounded. I think there's two other times in this album. There's one for sure, but there's two other times that I that I I looked at. Where I just don't think he can do what he wants to do. Yeah. And so he, like, halfway through it, he kind of stops. And that's why I think <laughs> it's just, like, the first take thing. Because one time he's trying to do, like, these chugging triplets, and he can't do it. So he just dumbs it down to just, like, one stroke hits. <laughs> but, like, right. he tries to do it in the beginning. He has the vision. He has the vision. But he cannot execute it. So good. But I love the I love the purity of that. The honesty of it. And yeah. <laughs> Oh man, there's, I mean, there's other things I want to talk about. So about like the recording of the record, but we'll talk about after we wrap up the song sound system. Um, this is also when you see, when you hear, this is the, you don't really hear it in knowledge, but in this song you hear that kind of drawling kind of accent that Tim Armstrong is best known for in Rancid. You hear it like without a doubt on this song. Yes. He has that drawl, um, especially in the chorus. The chorus really, really has it. Um, <laughs> The breakdown, once again, it's cheesy, but it's so good. That breakdown is awesome with what Tim does, um, because once again, he has the vision, but he cannot, he cannot fucking execute it. Um, <laughs> and this is also one of the songs where they incorporate like all the different vocal stylings. So you have Tim's drawl, you have the the melodic stuff from both of them, and you also have the screaming and the yelling from both of them. So it's like, I love the kind of, I don't want to say it's back and forth between Jesse and Tim. But just the, just the the way they kind of work for work off of each other, or they play off of each other, I, I, it's just so great. Because neither of them harmonize really with each other; they just kind of play off of each other, and I, I think it's it's done so well, and it makes for a fantastic punk or ska song in this in this instance. I think it's great. So good. So lyrically, what do you have on this one? This is uh like like a love for music. It's it's yeah. Overall, like a love for music, and I think that that shows because sound system. That's that's something that you wouldn't know what that phrase means, or it just could be just two words put together. I think I think they're alluding to the Jamaican sound systems, um, the precursor to ska and stuff that we just discussed. But I think yeah. I think I think it's overall about like the love for music, and there's some cool lines here too. Like some some deeper cut lines, like the the whole to resist despair, that second makes you see, and that whole that whole stanza there. I think it's a, oh, that's some cool like rad posy vibes there. I dig it. The, there are some really cool. I really like the lyrics overall on this record yeah. because it was the, it was the right balance of, you know, fuck the system, fuck the government the right amount of maturity and realizing our scene sucks, which we talked about too. But then things like this, where it's just, it's something as simple as like music makes me feel so good. So happy. Even if it's just for a short time, it takes me out of the bullshit of reality and the world. 
And I just love how just kind of stripped down and basic this song is lyrically because he has some, Jesse has some great ways of, I guess maybe it's alliteration or the way he, the way he writes certain, certain verses that just the rhyming is fucking cool. (laughs) It's, it's almost elementary, but it's like perfect. It's on the verge of being cheesy and bad, but it's still so fucking good. Or it, it is really, really good. Yeah. I really, really like that. So yeah, sound system, also my my 2B, my second banger. So let's talk about the recording real quick. We haven't touched upon that because I feel like it's important. Actually, it is very important to, to the band. So they they had put out their, their first two EPs and they went to Lookout, Lookout, to Lookout. Lookout Records and they went to they <laughs> they talked with them uh they were trying to get the band to do another ep but they're like no we want to do a full length and the guys look out look out were thinking that they didn't have enough money to do it whatever and the band also wanted to record the album live um like in a like at an actual venue to to feed off of that energy so when they actually went to do it they didn't really think about it too hard because the energy comes from the crowd as well. It's not just the music. So when they, they started recording in this venue, which is essentially was just a big room with no acoustics, everything sounds like shit in there without people there. There's nobody there. Um, there was nobody there. So they recorded it. They recorded the whole record in this in this venue and none of them were happy with it. They spent like a couple weeks doing some overdubs. They weren't happy with that either. So they ended up firing one of the guys who helped work on it and then they went into a proper studio and or a proper studio not like a big thing but just like a, an actual studio and uh they recorded all the bass tracks in one day all 19 songs in one day pretty impressive if you think about it um did all that very very minimal overdubs and really you hear it you really hear it on this record and i, I just think that the recording of this was so cool it was just so it's just young guys who have they they have no egos yet they have nothing they're just like yeah, let's just fucking do it. Dude, recording Nobody, 19 songs in a day. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot of fucking songs. Even if you just if you just play with no breaks, I mean that's Dude, that's just a Because lot you're of still fucking, playing you're still playing every song like many times. Just to make sure you're getting the right the right feel, the right take, I guess you could say. You you have to either be very ballsy in your in your approach to like, yeah, fuck it, just do it once we're done. And be clicking because like what do you, you like you don't take breaks you're not tired you're not going to the bathroom you're going to smoke I know <laughs> yeah. you're all fucking doing some type of drugs so that's just that's yeah that's a lot that's impressive yeah nineteen songs man so it really is and, like a, this this really is like a live record they're just doing it once and fucking that's it no more and it shows I mean I think that besides you know there being a few too many songs the record really sounds just really not fussed over at all i love it i really really i love this record it's awesome um and then damn it what was i gonna say oh and then so after they recorded it mixed it did all that kind of stuff that's when you know tim and jesse came to the conclusion that they wanted to end the band so they did one record release show and then the following day they played in their friend's backyard and that was the last time the band ever played a full show ever that was it crazy so yeah, and then what was it last year or maybe two years ago? Jesse and Tim, um, they they got up and played with the Interrupters at that backyard show in Newport. You yeah. Remember that? And they played like what is it, five Op Ivy songs? 
That's pretty sick. That was I mean, really cool. I think it's cool that like in various forms, Op Ivy has played with at least two members, but never four, and like no yeah. more than like three. I think I think three's the max that have been on stage at the same time playing songs. I think that just yeah, like, it's never been the full band. And, and and I think that just I don't know that just keeps like the, the, this legacy alive, right? You have a reunion show, and that's great, but now nobody ever wants a reunion show again. And they can make money off of it, but I don't know. I I, I like that mystique. I but the it. but the times that they reunited, it hasn't been like a like an Operation Ivy show. It's always been okay. Yeah. There's something else going on. We're gonna come up here and play a few songs. And half the times nobody fucking knows. It just it just happens. Yeah, it just happens. Yeah, it's like that that backyard show. It was the Interrupters, and then they they had um the guy from the specials come up. Or was it the specials? Right, right before he died. I think it was the specials, the singer. They had him come up and they he did a bunch of songs, and then and then Tim and uh, Jesse came up and played some Op Ivy, and it was just, God, dude, that's so. And it was at was it at Billy Joe's, Billy Joe Armstrong's backyard, something like that. Dang, was that where it was? No, I think it might have been. Be I think it was. Dope. I think it was his backyard. That would be cool. Because I think he lives in Newport, or he has a home in Newport, Newport Beach. Like a true punk. Because multiple yeah. houses. Multiple. Yes, exactly. 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 Okay, so is that all you have for uh, sound system? Pink morning, pink morning. Yeah, it's it for sound system. So then, what's your three B? Is it take morning? Nah, it's the crowd. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> the crowd is my four B. Okay. Damn girl. Yeah, so we're pre- we're pretty damn close with what our your, uh, with our Bs. What was your one? One was knowledge, right? Well, yeah, one was knowledge. Two was two sound, was sound system. system. We have not yeah. talked about your three yet. Okay. No, yeah, not my three yet. But let's get into the crowd. What do you got yeah, on this the one? Yeah, the crowd. 4B. Um, dude, this guitar riff is fucking elementary. It's it's some shit we'd write in high school. <laughs> it is it is dumb. It's dumb. But I love yeah. it. I love it because because it, it hits that it hits that that chord in like your heartstrings, right? And it's yeah. it's like, damn, I I relate to this personally. It is fucking cool. I love it. I love what you've done with it. And to base a song around it is solid, but to also be able to pull in some pretty catchy parts, like that's fucking pretty great. Yeah, no, you're right. I, and I, what they're really good with on this record is is doing very quick, catchy parts, like not even a whole chorus. It'll just be like like one line or one, one half a line that's super, super catchy, and that's all you remember. That's all you remember from the fucking song. Yeah. Not even the full chorus. Maybe it's like a lack of not being able to write a good song or I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, but this is one of those instances. Um, and you know what I just noticed? Oh my gosh. Oh. So on Spotify, you know, it can, it tells you what other people are listening to when you're looking on a computer. Yeah. It says that four hours ago you were listening to the specials. Got him. Me? Oh, is it Rudy? Yeah. Yeah. A message yeah. to your Rudy. Yeah, so you do love the specials. Well, because I was comparing it to the original, and it's just I just don't fucking like it. <laughs> Damn, I wanted to catch fucking you in guy. the act. No, you don't catch me in the act. <laughs> I don't hate all two tone. I like I love fucking madness. Madness is amazing. all you do is talk shit about two tone. Yeah, it's well, it's the worst iteration of all of the reggae's. Reggae, uh, oh reggae. <laughs> <laughs> that that I don't. That I agree with you on. It's, it's, that it is yeah. the worst of all the, of all of it. 
And I'm, 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 I'm including fucking like rock steady. I'll, I'll include dance hall, everything. It's the yeah, worst. Okay. okay. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I also agree with you that this is like a straightforward punk song. The bass cuts through really nice a little bit like you hear on Answer That and Stay Fashionable from AFI, where that bus, that bus, that bass well, didn't Armstrong cuts produce through some of those songs. Well, on Answer That? I think so, yeah. Uh, I don't think he did. I'm pretty sure he produced at least some of those songs. Well, maybe he did. I don't remember. I do not remember. But that's what this song kind of reminds me of. There's another song, too, that, that reminds me a little bit of Answer That and Stay Fashionable, which all makes sense because they're all from this East Bay hardcore scene. Um, Some cool little guitar leads, too. Dude, I can't even speak today. Yep. Yep. Damn it. Uh, also, Tim's guitar tone. It's solid. It's really, really good on here. There's just the right amount of distortion where it doesn't sound too muddy. You could hear him like hit all those, all those strings, all those notes. It's this song is fucking. It's great. He and he produced and also, half empty bottle and your name here. Nah, those songs. Those songs are like the. Those songs, songs fucking suck. I fucking hate no. those songs. <laughs> <laughs> I do love those songs, but those are like some of the weaker songs on that record. It's That's for sure. That. Yeah, fuck Tim. Fuck Tim Armstrong. Fuck, fuck Tim Time Bomb Armstrong. Ugh, that's so annoying. Time Bomb season. That's what we're in. Um, it's what we're currently in right now. But I, I hate also, that you're probably going to call it that, and that's annoying. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to call it the whole so the next two weeks, three weeks. But grown um, adults don't have nicknames or anything. Walt, that's wrong, dude. That's that's how it should be. Walt, not all about that, dude. Uh, also, th- this is a, this is one of those songs where you get kind of different vocal stylings from them. Uh, I hear a little bit of British punk here, a little snottiness of like you know what you would eventually hear from like Guttermouth and stuff like that. And uh, and also just like straight up hardcore singing, it's a little, it's a bit of all of that, and it gives this this song its unique feel when it's really just kind of a basic song. It really I wonder, is. I, I wonder what Skip thinks about about Subhumans, the the, the British one, not the Canadian the ones. I wonder, I wonder what Skip feels about uh, how Skip feels about the Subhumans because there's two Subhumans. Yeah, there's a there's a Canadian one, and then there's a British one. The British one. For some reason, I I enjoy their first album, "The Day the Country Died." The Mickey Somehow Mouse is dead. It. It's very snotty and, and British sounding, but I think it's funny and silly. I wonder what he uh, what he thinks. And when I say I wonder what he thinks, I'm just going to wait for his reply into the Discord. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, the crowd. It's a dope <laughs> song. That guitar solo, right? This is the one that's that's building up to it, and it just it just doesn't do yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, it goes nowhere. But that's fine. Yeah. That's that's what he does best. That's what uh, Time Bomb does best. Yes. Uh, what do you have lyrically on this one? It seems like the song is about getting lost in the crowd of society, becoming just another part of the whole, losing your individuality, especially becoming a punker. Yeah, I mean, that's what I got too. Um, yeah, just working that typical nine to five, not being happy about it, wanting to break free. Pretty straightforward, like kind of punk anthem and yeah. It, lyrically, I think this is one of the weaker songs, for sure. Yeah, because it's 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 so dumb. It's so stupid. It's it's like punkers pride themselves. We talked about punkers pride themselves so much on on their individuality, but like you can spot them a mile away. Yeah, no, you're the right. Same, all the same. Do you have anything else on the crowd? 
Maybe maybe they should take notes from AFI, from their. Uh, what song was that from? From Very Proud of You, where he says, "I'll break you, I'll break, I'll break you, I'll break your individu- individuality." Oh, um, I'll break your individuality. I'll take you down. Yeah, what is that? I can't even think of the name of the song. I don't know. I know it's from Very Proud of You, though. Yeah, I know it is Very Proud of You. I can't even think of that. He does sound so snotty when he says individuality. That's a good song, remember. though. That's a good anyway, song. whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever. It doesn't What's matter. What's your 3B? My 3B is Take Warning. Take warning, take warning. I like two telling shit. That's my. That's a low B for me. It's still <laughs> no, great. it's not. Yes. Get out of here. It's no for way. For sure a low B for me. Yes. Ah. Uh, okay, we don't have to talk about it. We no, we got to talk about it. It's a top four for you, for sure. <laughs> I like that it's that it's not a typical ska punk song. I like that they they kind of threw it back to two tone or just kind of like a more traditional reggae sound. I like it. It's it's a nice it's a nice break from it all. Um even though it's it's like a slower it's a slower slower beat and and a slower kind of song he still kind of keeps up with or they kind of keep up still keep up with the aggressive vocals and i like also they they kind of trick you too they build a little bit to make it seem like it's going to drop into something fast but then it just goes back into that catchy ass chorus oh I mean, my it's god a, it's, a, it's a catchy chorus it they're is. tricking it's, you they trick it's you fun, but it's i don't know it's it's fine it's slow and dramatic good this is um this is also one of the songs where i feel matt the bassist he uh he really shines he has some like great like dub kind of bass lines that really cut through nice there's some good yeah. shit on this song i mean just that i don't part, know why. that that part after the take one that doom 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 his little hammer doom, doom. <laughs> like, that's cool it's fucking it's good, good man. Solid. but you know you love singing this song take one just the take warning part take one warning and I like bum, they don't add woes because that 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 doom doom that could have been a woe like whoa whoa yeah. whoa but you don't Just have the woes don't always hits. need the woes you don't and they did it and that's what I that's what's so cool about the song because they yeah. trick you they trick you right mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. they trick you because you think it's gonna drop into some, uh, to a punk song but it never does it they, there's always these builds there's always these little nuances in the song perfect. It's good. Perfect. It's a good song. It's a low B. You a, that's still a banger. You fucking hate this song. Oh, I don't hate it. All you just did was talk talk shit on it because you said, "Oh, it sounds too much like a two tone song." I mean, it does. The well, fuck it's low here. B. Get out of here. Oh, oh. let me take a sip of my beer. Oh, oh. Yeah, gotta. <clears throat> so, what do you have lyrically on this one? Well, I just moved past it. It's talking about uh, promoting <laughs> unity in the scene rather than division. And I love the line here. We stand together not to fight, just to exist. Mm-hmm. And that that really like exemplifies the true punk ethos, yeah? Like coming together as outcasts and rallying behind like a movement and then not worrying so much about, I don't know, the intricacies of it. Like we're here for a reason, an overall reason. Like don't, I don't know, don't. Don't worry about the subdivisions type of thing. Okay. So I, I got a I got a little bit I have a little bit of a different view on this one. I feel like this is through and through this is about standing up for your crew no matter what. You know, somebody if there's a fight that starts out, you're you're defending your your friend or whoever's in your crew. Um 
And he's also calling out the younger kids. Like this is the point where now, you know, they're getting a little bit older, even though like they're even though they're like twenty or twenty-one, like they're getting older for the scene. They're getting too old for the scene. And they're they're trying to distance themselves from the violence and the the younger kids are coming in and they're only getting into the scene to be violent, to act out and things like that. And he's calling those kids out saying, like, that's not what this is about. You gotta knock it off. Because if you don't, we're gonna kick your fucking ass. And if you mess with with somebody in our crew, we're going to fucking beat the shit out of you. And that's what he's saying. He's like, chill out or we're going to beat the fuck out of you. Because you guys are young kids and you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Even though we're 20 years old. You don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> I love the kind of gatekeepingness, gatekeepingness of it. I love how mature and immature they are at the same time about it. I just love just how just stupid it is. It's so dumb. It's fucking dumb. It is. It's, it is all just stupid. All silly boy talk, and then the, and then the song, the song relates to the lyrics because this is the only song on the record of them doing something outside of the ska punks thing by doing a more just straight up two tone reggae thing, and this is their version of maturing. This is like their 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 song about being more mature than everybody else in the scene. So they put out a song like this that's more mature than just a normal punk song. I like it. I like that shit. Good for them. Yeah, it's fine. Good for it's them. Good. It's better than bad. All right. So, what is your uh, what's your five B? I know your. I would just. Be, I would be getting into high Bs now. Okay. One, two, three, four high Bs. Five high okay. Bs. Five five. Let's get into it. What do you got next? Bombshell, baby. It's good a bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> Girls of time bomb. bomb but that's show. a rancid song. Black bombshells hat, black Cadillacs in. Uh, I like this little bass line that's going on here. They're just, he's, he's walking all over the place. Yeah, you know, this, yeah. This song like made me really want to like play the bass more often. And then I was just like, eh, but like I can do all of that on the guitar anyway. So like, what's the fucking point? Um, so there's my little dig at, at the bass players out there that listen to us. The, the bass player out there that the listens bass. to us. Well, there's a couple. Yeah. No, there's a couple. Was there? Uh, probably. I know there's, there's probably. at least we two. Don't talk there's to at least so. there's at least two bass players that listen to this podcast, and you know both of them. Who's, okay, I do know both of them. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So this is this is my this is my eight B on the record. It's I do love nineteen yeah, yeah. songs. No, it's high B. Yeah, I know. I know. We're 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 you know middle of the road here. Um, this is just a good one minute fast punk song. Uh, I love how it just starts out with the back and forth of them yelling, she, she, she's a bombshell. And then it really, that's the whole song, but I like how it, that's how literally the song starts. Some of the oh yeahs from Tim are pretty good too. Um, they're just, they're kind of thrown in there for no reason. And they're very just drawling and just kind of obnoxious, but I love it. <laughs> I also hear a ton of uh, gutter mouth on here. A lot of uh, stuff from friendly people, like that, that kind of style from friendly people. That's what I hear on this on this particular song, and that guitar solo is fucking dumb. Um, but the bass line, it's cool too. I don't know. So good. That's that's it's, funny because not not this song. They do so but, much in a minute. It's crazy. But over over the course of this album, like I heard I heard Bouncing Souls, I heard Vandals, I heard Guttermouth, I heard so many different bands. Not oh, like yeah. obviously taking from this, but it was just like this is the kind of like the beginnings of it. So naturally you're going to hear other bands being inspired and taking little bits from here and there. But Guttermouth was one of them. I heard a song later on 
um, covered with ants era gutter mouth. And then I heard, I heard vandals dude constantly. What song? Or are we going to talk about it soon? Uh, I don't know. I will like, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it now that we mentioned it, but, um, yeah, do you want to move forward? We want to do. Yeah. Unless, I mean, uh, lyrically, lyrically, I don't it's have anything pretty, deep here. Yeah. It's about, it's just about meeting a girl at a party. He's infatuated, but nobody, nobody remembers who she is and he can't stop thinking about her, but he never meets her again. So cool concept, right? Yeah. Like you meet somebody and you're like, oh, this person's amazing. And then you never see him again. Yeah. I mean, she's a bombshell. She's a bombshell, man. What do you Good a bombshell. <laughs> black coats, black coats, black coats, coats. Yeah. Um, Unity. I, what is Unity for you? Unity is a mid-B for me. Oh, that's one of the worst songs. That is okay. the worst song on the record. I'm sorry. Okay. That's my, so, that's my bottom So Unity. Did, so like that that fucking pattern, that's Wild Things, right? By the Trogs. The wild thing. Yeah, same fucking notes played in the same way, not not quite exactly carbon copy, but it's the same fucking thing. Okay, so we can move forward from that. Yeah, really, this song Unity was their their this was their attempt at like a a modern ballad of the time. Like this is that that chorus is cheesy, it's cheap, and. I just it doesn't fit the record at all, and they don't do this kind of style well whatsoever. No. Yeah, so it's, that's it's why it's my bottom thing, dude. It's it's. I never, it I did not make that connection, but oh. I'll take your word for it. Okay, you can do that. <laughs> all right, um, so let's. Yeah, what what else you got? Vulnerability is one I got like heavy clash vibes on. Okay, that was a high B for me. Um, I, I guess that's the is that the last song? No, missionary is the last song. Yeah. Where the, uh, why don't I have vulnerabilities vulner- after Unity? Oh, why don't I have this on my banger list? Fuck. Uh-huh. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't put this on my banger list. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. But this is like vulnerabilities like that late 70s punk feel, like very Ramone sounding. Basic power chords. Sometimes drops into to a cool lead, but otherwise it's it's fine. It's a fine song. It's a lower B. This is this is the one where where Tim couldn't hit those palm muted like triplet parts. Yeah, and he tries okay, to in the beginning of the riff, but then he can't do it fast enough or crisp enough, so he slows down to just single notes. I love that. That was so funny. It's cute. It is. It's adorable. adorable. Yeah, it's adorable. That's a good word. Adorable. Like he, it, that was adorable. The beer is scrumptious, and Tim Time Bomb is uh, is adorable. Tim Time Bomb. Uh, we didn't oh, talk about have, jaded. We're gonna have What's a fucking that? field day with that when we do rancid in a few weeks. Oh God. Jaded, jaded, jaded. It's a low B for me, um, but this one's kind of cool because it has like this psycho Billy tone to it, and I think they're doing just a lot of fucking, like that's what I like, right? Like King Gizzard talks about it in the other pod, other mm-hmm. segment of the pod. The main episode, yeah. They do they do a main sound, and here the main sound would be like ska punk, but then there's sub-genres that they kind of delve into, and this one I think has severe psycho Billy tones to it. Have you focused on the bass, right? Darker tone mm-hmm. overall, and is rooted in both punk rock and rockabilly. It's fun. See, I don't know. I, I feel like this is this is my second to last B. Is jaded. I I feel like this is just a straightforward, another straightforward punk song. I don't feel like it really goes anywhere. I don't hear the rockabilly really. Maybe if maybe now if Psycho I listen Billy. to it again, or psychobilly. I'm sorry, same fucking difference. Walt, Walt there, dude. Walt, it is. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really. I don't remember hearing it, but I, I think if I listen to the song again, I could probably 
pick it out. I mean, it's a low uh, B for me. I just like. I just, wanted, I just wanted to mention that I heard. You some want to mention it? Some complexity okay. here. Okay. All right, then we don't have to talk about it. It's fine. And then one of these days, right? Do you like one of these days? Wait, that's not a. Oh yeah, that's my seven B. That's my seven B. Okay. I thought it was one of the extra tracks. Yeah, that's my seven B. Okay, that's that's a high B for me. It's essentially a cover song. It's yeah, an amazing cover. I, uh, I I he only sings the chorus so. Nancy Sinatra's the boots that album I have the album on the vinyls I think it's fucking amazing I think the song is fucking amazing but it's kind of cool because the guy that wrote the original song Lee Hazelwood he was mm-hmm. a big player in the game at the time the, the the musical game and he he did a lot of work with Dwayne Eddy oh throw okay. it back earlier I talked about yeah, Dwayne Dor- Eddy yeah, right did talk about so it. that was kind of cool yeah yeah. It is cool. I, I just love how basic and silly it is with just, like I said, the chorus. It's just him singing that part, or really just screaming it. He's not singing, he's screaming it. And uh, so it's fun. It's catchy, obviously, because that song is very, very catchy. And uh, the bass, pretty damn squirrely on this one, too, which is cool. It, it And it, the bass is what really drives the song along with the upstroke guitars. It's just this rad fucking ska song. Um and then when the bridge hits, it's just the the drums that are playing, which you don't really hear. The drums are never, they're rarely ever isolated. And so you hear that isolated drum part, then the bass slides in. It's just fucking great. And it's just, it's great ska music. That's what you know, it I is. Just, I, I just cover. don't, I don't care for Rancid. I've never really cared for Rancid. We're going to be doing Rancid soon, so I will have to care for Rancid in a little some part. <laughs> in whatever. two weeks, in two weeks. But yeah. like, my God, you Matt Freeman's bass playing is just... It's 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 what I want to hear from music like this. I was uh like I said, I was very pleasantly surprised with his uh his bass playing. I didn't think he was he was this intricate, this uh this influenced by I guess I don't even know what he would be influenced by because I feel like a lot of reggae and dub wasn't this squirrely. He's I mean it's it is I don't want to say it's like complex. He's no like he's no John Entwistle. But he's just hitting okay. a lot of scales, but he's doing the scales in fun ways and he's incorporating, you know, I, and again, I'm not a music major here, but he's incorporating like minor scales and, and other things to fit the song better. But I've always just been a sucker for just more notes. Give me more notes. I'll be happy. Like I love, I love in- intricate stuff. I love things where, where it's, it's less notes or whatever, but it's generally speaking more notes. I'll be happy on the bass. But if it's a guitar, forget about it. You hate yeah, that shit. Yeah, dude, more notes on a guitar, please. I'll <laughs> fucking, no, nah, that's trash. Garbage. <laughs> hate it. You got to find that balance between the two of them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, yeah, one of these days, this is a, yeah, this is a great song. I, mean, I fucking we're not love the way he dude. Boots on me, boy, walk in. Oh, it's so good, dude. <laughs> so freaking good. So freaking good. <laughs> you just drool, too? Did I hear that? I just suck up the drool. Okay, yeah, you said, and then and then gonna find you. That's yeah, that's my six B. That's my six B. That's a mid B for me. But this is the one I thought had some had some decent uh, cover with ants, gutter mouth sound to it, like like bouncy and fun, but still heavy and kind of aggressive. Yeah, I got I got some suicidal tendencies on this one. Gonna find you, right? Yeah. We, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, some suicidal. Like at the beginning of the song, there's that spoken word part. Reminds me a little bit of in- institutionalized, where that pretty much whole song is spoken word. 
Um, but then it drops into like this good punk song, much like institutionalized does, dude. Um, also the, the, the riff that, that Tim plays in that chorus, it's uh it's a beefier thing than what, what we're used to hearing from him. He doesn't use like big power chords like that. And, uh, it's beefier, chunkier, like that stuff. But you know, in the end it's just, it's kind of a suicidal, suicidal tendencies, not knockoff, but like homage. I feel that's what the song is. Or it's influenced by them. Dude, whatever. That intro. Ooh. I'm sure they probably <laughs> thought that was cool when it came out, but <laughs> that didn't age well because that intro is fucking dumb. At least the suicidal one is funny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it's goofy. But damn, this one is just like that. Is I forgot. Wait, stupid. What does he say? I don't even remember right now. Let me, he talks let me about go like, back. What if your fucking teacher was mad at you one day? Oh, and yeah. You that's right. Detention? <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> but. You know, but then it kind of, in the grand scheme of the song, it makes more sense. I think it's you know like the I mean? word, the word choice, because he he does say busted. Like like like, were you ever in school and you got busted for trying to do this? It's like, dude, you don't get fucking busted in school, bro. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, maybe back in the eighties, you did. Like, you're not you're not fucking Pablo Escobar. Calm down, relax, okay? Fuck. <laughs> That's the that's that's the entitlement of these punkers that think like they're fucking, you know, John Gotti over here. <laughs> Fuck it, you two three times it told him. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. That's been my thing all week, dude. I've been saying two three times all fucking week. <laughs> well, why? I don't I don't know because because. I don't know why it just popped into my head after the, the when I watched all the Godfathers. I was doing the. I was doing the when when his wife was like, I know English. I know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday. God, that's so fucking funny. And then I go, I just it brought me to like the one, two, three times already. Like I don't know, it's being an. You sound you sound like now now you're sounding more like you're putting on like a Jamaican accent rather than Italian. I'm not even gonna that's try what it like. to do a Jamaican accent. Mon, you're making me crazy. Really, That's like, a if you want to do a Jamaican accent, you can just talk normal and then end the sentence with "mon," and like, oh, it's Jamaican. <laughs> it's true. Is it racist that that we're we're doing a Jamaican accent? No, right? I don't know. Why? How, see, like, why? 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 Wow! Why, oh, wow. wow. why oh, is wow. it that like some ac- accents are okay, but like accent? you do a Chinese accent, you're done, right? That's true. Do it right now. I, how is that possible? And like, we doesn't everybody hate? Doesn't like the world hate China? <laughs> but we could do a Britland accent. And that's fine. We could we could try to talk like a Brummy, and that's okay. I guess it's one of those but, like you want to punch up type of thing rather than punch down things. Well, like you punch up, right? Like like you make fun of people that have been in power or have not been shit on their whole. Okay, I see. Career, what you mean, but you don't okay. want to punch down because, like, they've already been shit on. Like, why punch down? Okay, I get it. I get it. Like, like, like Jewish people, right? That that would be punching down. Like, they've always been shit on. But, True. Like True. the Russians, that's punching up. Like, fuck the Russians, right? They're the worst. You <laughs> <laughs> <We> just see. <laughs> oh, remember Australians? You discog thing too australians is like punching sideways like who the fuck even about <laughs> australia <laughs> it's like punching sideways <laughs> i don't know nobody makes fun it's of so, australians it's so, it's so disrespectful 
is why the world oh, hates man. America. Yeah, because of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, it's so dumb. Let's uh, let's, let's keep going here. Let's keep going. Let's just yeah, run through the rest going. of these songs fast. Might as well. Uh, Bad Town, go. High B for me. I like that Tim wow. does, supposedly Tim does lead vocals on this one. Dude, Sax is boss. Fucking boss. This is very third wave. It's punk, very goofy, heavy horns, guitar focused, third wave ska. I love it. Go. So Bad Town, this is like the saxophone I hate. I hate the saxophone because it reminds me of like um, Huey Lewis. You know, Ooh, it, it's, dude, it's sports. It's, that's yes, good. that's what that's it reminds me of. It reminds me of shit like that, where it's that typical 80s saxophone sound. It doesn't sound like a ska or third wave ska kind of like saxophone. It's, yes, I just, I don't. Yeah, I just, I, this is a lower B for me. I just, the, the sax don't ruins the sax. it. Okay. Yeah, it ruins it for me on this one. Right. Bass is wonky though. That's, that's cool. <laughs> Smiling. It's a low B for me. Next one. Yeah. Yeah, really everything else from here on out that we have, whether we're, we're going to be talking about, is like lower, lo- lower, lower oh, tier damn, girl. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. So There's a part in Smiling that reminded me, there's a, a, a staccato like vocal part, and it reminded me of Warning when he just like, the sanitation expiration date, question everything, like that thing. That is a very but, punk thing to do, huh? Yeah. Now, now that you brought it up, in such a slow song, that's a very punk thing for billy to do yeah. in the song. and i liked I, I just i don't know i i do i do love warning i do it's always probably going to be my number four green day but i do do love warning and it kind of made me love warning the song even more because it is a very punk thing to do in a song that's not like punk at all Bust yeah. everything like that's fucking but that's dope, that's like the whole point of that whole record no I it's get like it. kind of a fuck you to the punk scene and also a fuck you to the the mainstream scene too like this like you think we, you want us one way we're gonna give you something completely different and throw like folk music and all this kind of weird shit into the record it's a good fucking record it's it's like mesmerized yeah, right mesmerized would be system of a down's best record if it wasn't for toxicity and self-titled <laughs> that's like just, that's such a dumb thing mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. caution that's like saying a, never mind i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go. continue, continue the, the bad joke that's a mid B for me. Um, I really don't th- like Kasha. Yeah. I don't really have much about this song in general. This is like it's a pretty straightforward punk song. I mean, it has some of like the the blues rock and roll leads in it, but it like very poorly done because it's Tim. But um, but really, the the chorus melody reminds me a lot of Knowledge. The, you know, the, the all I know is that I don't know nothing. There's a part in this chorus that sounds similar to. It's not identical, but it sounds very similar. So this is like. This is just like a, a it's a, definitely a filler song, but it's just like a rehash of what they've already done. And I just like the, this song and then the next two, three songs are just like, why? Why are they on the next? Here? The next I already hear these songs. The next two or three songs. Ah, uh, the next after two. The, or after what? caution. Two or two or three songs? Tree. Two or, <laughs> yes, the next two or three songs. <laughs> freeze up. Freeze up. Yeah, freeze up. That's that's the oh, next one. That's man. a mid B for me. I uh let's see here. Oh, they, yeah, this one this one this one kind of gave me rock steady feelings here. Not not the album I no doubt, but the genre rock steady. Essentially yeah. like a slower down, more danceable slower ska. down. And and uh I don't know. It, it's it's not it's a little bit faster than traditional rock steady, but I liked it because it's still kind of I think 
what it's doing is still kind of saying, yeah, yes, we're a ska punk band, but we do know there are other versions of ska going on out there. It has evolved into different genres. Here's our Rocksteady song. I like that. Yeah, it, I mean, it's really only, only the choruses that that do that that more rock steady thing, but then it just drops right back into the like the fast ska part. So, I don't know. It's just more of the same. Really, that's what this is. It has a short little sweet guitar solo. This but it's song more has, the same. has the catchiest it's not overly catchy. lyric. This the catchiest line on this album is on this song though, which is what just one political song, just one political song, just one political <laughs> song. It's dude, that's. <laughs> that's how you get people. You don't even need a melody. Just some words yeah. that like get people riled up, right? Just one political and just say them over and over and over. Like you're delivering a fucking speech. Easy peasy. That's it. It's so catchy because it's so dumb. Because it just it, it pulls at people's heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Just one political song. Just one political song. Sound just like him too. That's what he's saying. What are you even saying? What does it even mean? <laughs> And the artificial life next one that's a high b for me i love the song this was a great is it really song. okay solid solid song see this is like another one that does more of the same it's really good um but it's like i've already heard it we're we're almost done with the record and i've already heard the song true some really squirrely bass lines too which is which is great because it's like it's i don't know it's it, he really shines in the song that's all i can really say and the upstrokes on the guitar are fucking crisp the tone on his guitar is so crisp and I love the upstrokes on the, on, on the song. They're fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. what do you got? What else you got on this one? That's it. That's, I like, I, I figured that we write these notes. We should just run through these songs at least at this point. We've been doing this 300 <laughs> That's true, episodes. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like, damn, I had some good notes on this one, at least a good one liner. And then we don't get to it. And it's like, Oh, that was wasted. So we should just start running through these songs. You know what I mean? Like, it's and, a little I, and bit, I, and I will say the the lyrics on "Freeze Up" and "Artificial Life," I do like the lyrics on this one because it's about it's about the American culture or Western culture in general and how we're kind of just fed bullshit, and you know it's about commercialism and just really just a, a giant criticism on on everything that's wrong within our society. And I feel like he yeah. does it in a really good way because, like I said, I think he's a good lyricist. I really, really think he is. Some of it, yeah, it's there is some immaturity in there, but the guy's fucking 20 years old or whatever. That's fine. But for also for a 20-year-old to write this kind of stuff, it's pretty damn good. Like, he's he has a good way of good way with his words. So, I agree. Artificial Life is, 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 is good lyrically. I think it's better lyrically than it is musically. Okay, but that's fine. Yeah, Those so words. yeah, room without a window. What do you got on this? Room one? without a window. I think the, the the defining parts of this one is is like the laughing, and then the, like the yeah. lower end bass lines, kind of like heavier, chuggier bass lines. Um, finally, thrown down some like minors or flats in a, in a song, but th- this is a low B for me. It's whatever's. Same here. I think this is like one of the more popular songs, right? Or at least when they they play, they've done their their brief reunions and think this is one of the songs that they play which doesn't make much sense to me but um, that, but yeah no, this is disappointing if i saw a, a, a half-assed op iv reunion and they played this one i'd be pretty upset <laughs> played room for room without a window yeah. <laughs> there it ha- kind of has like this this frantic ska punk thing at the start um but then it just drops into what they they do best there's also this like spoken word breakdown thing but uh, whatever it's it's good it's it's i have i really have no issues with any of these songs 
they're all really good, but it's just a lot of the same. So, big city. Um, I don't know. That's a low B for me. Once again, lower B for me too. Yeah, low B for me. I, I so I was really hoping for a bigger drop after the intro. Maybe some like something aggressive, something faster. Because what I'm used to. Well, it's very thrashy. That riff is very thrashy. Yeah, and then it, it doesn't it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't utilize the riff properly. But maybe that's that's the point. I get it. It's cute. It's fun. Whatever. Um, but it's just that's that's why it's a low B for me. But this song reminds yeah. me of another fucking song that I've been trying all week to think the chorus itself. Is it a no effects song? I could not. I did. I have no fucking idea. Because I couldn't. I I know what you're talking about. I couldn't place it, but it sounds like something that no effects would have pat put pat out would have put out mm-hmm. in the mid to late '90s. This is very uh, very no effects of that era. I totally hear it. Even like a little bit of like heavy petting zoo because heavy petting zoo has that kind of thrashiness to it. So I was thinking maybe it's something from that record, but it's not. It's it maybe something off of um, so long and thanks for all the shoes. Maybe something from there, but I, I I can't place it either. But there's some great fucking there's some really good bass line bass playing on this rec on this um on this song. He really kind of goes off on this one, yeah. and it's solid. Yeah. I don't know. That's all I got for Big City. Okay. Lower B for and then, me. And then, and then Missionary. Missionary's a mid B for me. A little more aggressive. Yeah. A little more straightforward ska punk. Nothing really super catchy, but there's, there's, like, there's some cool parts here. It's, it's, yeah, it's it has, yeah, a little bit of a catchy hook. Nothing new here. We're 19 songs in. I've heard, of, I've heard it all before. 19 songs in. <laughs> I've heard it all before. But this is the other, the other song I was talking about when it comes to AFI and Answer That and Stay Fashionable. This is the other song I was talking about where I hear a lot of Jeff Kresge's um, bass playing style. It's it's that, it's that it cuts through the mix more. It's higher in the mix. It's clearly, you could tell, it's being played with a pick. It's punchy. It's fast, kind of squirrely. Um, yeah, that, that's what I got a Missionary. That's like the highlight from it, is that it, it sounds like Jeff Kresge. Otherwise, okay. it's everything I've heard before. So That's it. What's, I, yeah. I guess, like, what's your... What's your biggest banger out of the bonus songs? Do you do you have one? No, I I, I mean I I list I went through them uh, I went through them twice, but I didn't write down any notes. I didn't. I they all they're much. all good, but nothing stood out. Yeah, there was not much to them. I, the, the song "Here We Go Again" that was my favorite out of the bonus songs. Um, okay, but it was it was nothing like you you missed out. Like oh, you fucking should have listened to yeah. this one again. It's like you know what to expect. And by bonus songs, we mean songs from their first two EPs. Yeah. So that's what then, we mean. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's give our final thoughts on Operation Ivy and their record energy. Oh, we didn't. Oh, the the cover real quick, actually. Cover's terrible. I love the cover. Fucking I terrible. love it. Why? I think it's ugly. I think it's stupid. I just, it's cheesy and fucking dumb. And it's like, dude, come on, man. Spend more than $50 hiring somebody to draw a shit picture yeah it was Ugh. created it was created by uh by jesse the singer um and then he didn't have enough time to do the insert so they hired somebody to do the insert but i love it i mean it's iconic that that black figure it's iconic now the silhouette oh yeah i guess i even lo- i really love the the font too like it has that goofy ska look to it but i guess it was, that ska look only came about in the 90s after this record came out but i just love how uh how both silly and 
serious it is at the same time. It's just, it, there's no color. And like everybody fucking knows. Yeah. Everybody, anybody who knows me knows that I just like color. I like vibrant, flamboyant, boisterous, scrumptious colors. Scrumptious Black colors. and white, I just don't fucking care. <laughs> Drab. Okay, well, I like it. So that's all that matters. Uh, so what, what are your final thoughts? Your rating of the record? Um uh, we have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to, one is a bad album to give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So what do you give this one? So this is not this is not quite like Descendants level, we missed a boat type of thing. Like Not even close, because Descendants, no. like, we completely missed a boat on that one. And there's a lot more Descendants to digest than there is Op Ivy. Well, even it's, Milo Goes to College is a better record than than this Op Ivy. Well, take it easy there, kid. And, it's and, true, and we've listened to just a lot of Rancid, and so it's it's, it, and they're not the same band. I get it, but there's a lot of similarities between Rancid and Op IV. So we didn't like miss the boat here. We kind of just like, I don't know, didn't didn't pay attention during class. Really, is what it was. So okay, that's fair. I I, I, I do wish we would have been, I don't know, more careful with this over the years, but. It's easy to get into it because there's not much to digest. But I guess like it's just a I guess it's like me, man. like falling down or falling behind on on my third wave ska love. I I should have probably I should have probably paid more attention. So I, I blame myself really more than anybody else. Yeah. But I love this. I love this. I'm a I'm a product of pop punk of of the late '90s, early 2000s. I'm a product of third wave ska. That is my bread and butter. Like the two things that people ask me, like, what do you what kind of music you listen to? Like honestly, the two fucking things is like pop punk and like '90s hip hop. Like that's those are the fucking two things that I will always go back to because that is what I grew up listening to. I was I went to a very hip hop centric middle school and everybody loved it. Therefore, I loved it and I still like it. Whatever. But Operation Ivy, I wish I would have spent more time with it over the years. But now mm-hmm. I'm here and I'm happy with it. I guess I don't have a lot to say. What's a good album? That's fine. <laughs> we, I, I think, I think we've kind of exhausted everything. We, we've exhausted ourselves with this record because it's there's only so much you can talk about. It's so specific yeah. to the genre that there's not a lot of nuance here. But we understand the the importance of it within the punk scene in general, not just ska punk, but within the punk scene in general. It's it's influenced a lot. Um, but overall, there's not a ton here to dissect. I love this record. I wish I would have got it into it more, you know, years and years and years ago, but I was just a dumb kid. I was just a stupid kid, you know, as, as Matt Skiba would say. But, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, we, we've really touched upon everything there. Tim Armstrong, he's, he's iconic. I really, he is iconic. Even if you hate him, the dude, the dude is a mainstay. One of the most influential characters or musicians within the punk scene. So dude, he's gotta be like, Besides Fat Mike, man, he's got to be like top tree, right? Like influential punkers Dude, of all gotta time. Stop with that! What? Stop. <laughs> he's top two tree, like for sure. Top two tree. It's <laughs> <laughs> like well, Hellcat Records too, like everything that he's fucking. But done, that was just heard... that was just a subsidiary of Epitaph. Yeah, it wasn't like Fat Hel- Records was its own label. But Hellcat was very very important, and it was. Rancid is yeah. very very important, and fucking. Fat Records and, and or No Effects was on Epitaph until like Pump Up the Valium. Like they were on Epitaph no, for right. fucking many, many seasons. Many seasons. Yeah, yes. many seasons. 
at least two, I don't know two if seasons. I, I, I don't I don't know if I could say that Tim Armstrong is a top three. I mean, what what do you what do you mean by top three though? Because I mean, you, you could say you know in this in this in this fucking, in this generation in this skate punk generation, generation like just throwing uh, out like Brett fucking from Epitaph, Fat yeah. Fat Mike, and then Tim. But like, then what about Billy just, Joe? No, no. Why not though? Because he doesn't do anything for the scene. He just does everything for himself. Uh, okay. I don't know about that, dude. Oh. Well, what did you do for the scene there, dude? <laughs> did, he, did he buy Lookout Records, dude, and then fucking opened up to only people that were unknown bands? Did he help out 924 Gilman to, to pay their bills, or did he just beg them to come back and play with them just to show of power of, of dominance, dude? <laughs> no. I, I, okay. I think Billy Joe, which is nothing wrong with it. I don't think there's anything wrong with making money and, and looking out for yourself. But I don't think Billy Joe's done anything for the scene. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, but anyway, I don't know. Whatever. I top what, what do you top give this record? Tree. He's top two tree. For sure. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I, I get this I get this I get this two point eight. I get this two point eight. I do think every song on here is a banger, but when it comes down to it, if you throw Pinkerton on and oh right when God. I hear that 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 ting 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 from Tired of Sex I will mm-hmm. fucking cut your hand off before I allow you to skip a track. Here, I don't feel that way. So is it a perfect album? No, it can't be. Well, a lot of people would disagree with you, dude. Well, a lot of people are fucking stupid. <laughs> All right, my... You're, you're about uh, to yeah, give this a perfect my, fucking three. Here we go. Well, my uh, my my final rating on this one is uh, it's a 2.75. It is. It should have been cut down to 12 tracks. Maybe yes, 13 at sure. most. 2.75. I love this record. Even when even listening to all 19 tracks, I I have a blast listening to them. But that still doesn't make for a great record. Just just cuz it's too much of the same. Way too much of the same. Great. It's like AFI is very proud of you. It's a great fucking record, but I don't need 22 songs where half of them are indistinguishable, almost indistinguishable between them. It's between tough. the other ones. Yeah. So Operation Ivy, you know, that's one of its low points, but otherwise a fucking amazing record. I will always go back to it. Always love this record. And uh 2.75 for me. And I'm happy we're in uh we're in time bomb season right now. So time bomb fucking season, time bomb season for the next, uh, well now two weeks we got, as soon as this episode gets posted, we're going to be on like every FBI watch list. Time bomb season. <laughs> That's probably, <laughs> maybe it's not good to say bomb. Okay. Yeah. I will. I will stop. It doesn't matter, man. I've heard people get like demonetized and like thrown down in the algorithm for saying like cult, like weird things, like just shit like that. Well, we say a lot of cult, so yeah, that's true. We should. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I don't. I don't know. Thank you all for listening. (laughs) Give us five stars and tell all your friends. Keep listening. Thank you all for listening. And that's it. That's all. Type up. Tourism. Dark ball, black coat.